What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your movie podcast for reboots, remakes, sequels, adaptations, anything with a number in front of it or that has something previously been told and why we keep doing this and if there's any worth or reason of why it was relevant then and relevant now. <laughs> As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this week we are talking about John Wick 4, the next and maybe last chapter in the John Wick franchise, uh, a series that had, I mean, the movie was delayed. There was that hot minute where it was going to be Keanu versus Keanu in the Matrix 4 <laughs> and John Wick 4. And then, that's right. They were supposed to be back together. Yeah. Then that didn't happen. Um <laughs> But I, I all the way back to the first one, it almost wasn't made. It didn't have a distributor because everyone thought it was going to be too violent and all the very real important issues of gun violence. But everyone thought no one would go. No one would want to touch it. And yet here we are. Originally, <laughs> Harrison Ford was asked Then it was Keanu Reeves before his renaissance of an actor. It's weird to go back to that movie because I remember a time when it didn't fit this show and almost <laughs> everyone I knew thought that it was a comic book or, or a, a show or a yeah. video game. And like the idea of an original R rated franchise was mind blowing. No one even could, couldn't even like, wrap their wait, heads what? around it. I don't understand. <laughs> and then uh, like anything new, it became old again. And now we have <laughs> spinoffs coming and shows coming and, more and more and more and more. But uh, this fourth one also, I guess, comes with the, you know, very sad passing of Lance and yeah, yeah. and all of that. Um, so not in, I mean, it's weird to watch that movie that close. That was the weirdest part of it. I mean, me. 48 hours afterwards, we're, we're in a theater like, cool, let's enjoy. Oh, crap. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It's a hard thing because he's, he's so entrenched with this. Just like. You see, you see Keanu, you see him, but you all and like and, and Winstone, so like all of them together, like that's the trio that you expect to just have around. And so losing one of them, you're like, oh, that's he's the heart and soul of the franchise. He always yeah. brings it back. His performance is incredible in all four of them. His character is so interesting. I was really, really wanted him to be the show. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's what I wanted, <laughs> but um. Of course, it is very sad and very unfortunate, but how did you feel about John Wick 4? Mr. Wick. Um, I had a blast. I had a blast. Uh, I don't, a lot like Scream, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I don't think there's a bad film in this franchise. There's some that I like more than others, but I think for me, this is my second favorite of them all besides the original i still think the original is the one to sort of beat because i feel like when it was at its smallest and more contained that was when you had a better character story for me and i it was easier for me to kind of just be a part of two and three we've talked about before subsequently just started feeling like they got so large where everybody in the world is an assassin or a part of this whereas i feel like for this one while that there is still some of that at play it does feel a little bit we shrink that down a little bit. There are regular people that exist on the board. They go to a club and they are in the middle of the street where these people aren't all trying to kill John Wick. So it, that helped kind of like, okay, cool. Not everybody's a part of this. Um, but as a whole, I love this. I think the addition of Donnie Yen was just breathtaking. It probably also gave Keanu Reeves a little bit of time to breathe a bit that he's not doing every single action sequence 
He's like, cool. Can you give, I'm too old for this. Can you give some of this to Donnie so that I don't have to carry everything a part of it? And I think it works because it, it gives Donnie when he's up there, he's still in the show quite a bit of times in there, but um, it's a fun ride from start to finish. It's two hours and like almost three hours long. I did not realize it. Like when it was over, I was like, yeah, I know I've been in here for a while, but I had a ball. It's just, it takes a minute. It's like about, about a 15 minute ratchet up. Like we got to catch up and close some loose ends that we have from three. And then it was like, off to the races. We are never going to let you breathe again from this point on. And I enjoyed every moment of that. There's some action sequences in there, which we'll talk about that are just stupid. <laughs> I agree. I was The pacing is what was the most impressive because I feel like I'm seeing more and more of the sentiment that I share of once you're past 90 minutes, you really got to earn done. Right. that time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this does earn it. Donnie Yen, every other character we add, we did go from being so big that it was untenable and taxi drivers are now getting coins to drop him off. And everybody's aware of these, this other currency that the globe uses that's independent of all the other currencies. Right. It's like the continental has their own NFTs and cryptocurrency languages. <laughs> uh, but we, we zone back in and I thought we did a really good job by bringing in Donnie and of showing the uh like cycles that this has because the first movie is so the taken-esque formula something bad happens i'm gonna go mow down everybody who did it to me there's a lot of like are you back is he back the baba yaga oh no no. look what well you've done this and now you're gonna break the whole thing because you didn't Mm -hmm. let this guy rest and then two somebody shows up with a marker and is like turns out you can't get out you can't retire we own you do this favor for me and then that incident incites the next three films right. to bring in another character who's owed some debt that we don't know about. The movie never gives you the big exposition of, and here's how all these people are connected and how right. this world works. And the knockoff La Lulile Lo from Metal Gear Solid is pulling all the strings. And, oh, they were the kid. Like, there's no weird conspiracy angle of like, well, they're the ones who killed Kennedy. And we're the ones who are keeping everything moving the way it should. They're just assassins assassinating. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, it seems like it's just a bunch of people who want arbitrary power and have a bunch of people they'll they'll just pay to do stuff with. Go do this. Yeah. Coming from terrible backgrounds. Like we've mm-hmm. seen the the ballet school, I guess, the ballerina is going to be at. Mm-hmm. We make comments of them like plucking John off the street so it we are introduced to nobody in this one and it you almost get the sense that this is almost a like Nordic mythology cycle of like Ragnarok coming of, Oh, all the gods are going to fight and eventually the gods are going to die. And then we're going to reset and do it again. And I think by bringing in nobody and Donnie, we really showed like, it's less about what this world is and more about like, look at the patterns that are, are happening and the systems that are at place. And the only way to get out is to destroy the system or die Mm -hmm. because you're just going to keep getting wrapped in the minute you give them your soul. We have that great scene of Donnie and like, you know, before you say yes, really think about what you're doing to nobody. Yeah. And it's like, Oh yeah, now he's in it. There's no, there's no back there now. Yeah. Part of this, uh, which makes this like, there's a sequence that, um, the marquee has with nobody basically saying, all right, well, if you're in, here's what you got to do. And when the stabbing of the hand, you're like, oh, this is, this is intense. I loved, I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but I, I, I thought uh, Skarsgård was a great over, over, over 
overarching villain of this. Like he is the big bad of this and he is fantastic to watch. And I love, because sometimes with these villains where you have some people who just pontificate and say things that they actually made him do some dirt, a little bit of dirt. Like that knife sequence was necessary to make him feel like, oh, he is, he is nuts. And he is, he will get his hands dirty if he needs to. Uh, that's important because a lot of times we just have people who just talk. And that's why I just made him so way more vicious, but also still cowardly because he's still getting people to do his dirty work but he he will uh he will do what he has to to kind of get the ball rolling which was uh, a fun thing to see and they did a good job of showing that his like weird place in this system it's almost similar to where like loki's arc starts off in avengers of like oh yeah you really you think you're like hot stuff but everyone sort of knows that like you're a loser the harbinger is still over you clancy brown comes coming in like cool cool cool, cool. what you're doing is good but don't get ahead of yourself because we will come in and just remove you. What was the the line that was uh, your ambition should never go beyond your worth? And I was like, yeah. oh, what a cold, <laughs> cold thing to say to him. Yeah. Like, it really, it's like, yeah, you you have nothing. You're, you're mm-hmm. it is. It's very. It becomes very Nordic. It becomes very Thor and the Ice Giants. And you're just a boy pretending to be a man running around with a mm-hmm. stick, thinking you're gonna run everything. And eventually that's going to kill you. Like the the whole movie almost plays as a weird cautionary tale. Like we see three people at different parts of this never ending cycle. And John's at the end. Donnie's in the middle. And, and nobody is Nobody's starting. starting it off. Yeah, he's just getting. And next to that, you have somebody who thinks he's like rising up in this system and then just lets that get the best of him because he just mm-hmm. keeps having this. I want the name and the legacy and I want to matter. And at the very end, it's the, oh, I want the coup de grace. I claim it. Yeah, I want it. And even when they shot it, I was like, he's not paying any attention to what's happening. I know. I was like, you. I, I saw it. And I was sitting there like, this. they have to make a play on this. And they do. And I'm like, oh, his hubris just got in his own way. Like he was so in his head of like, I'm now getting my final shot. I'm taking it out and not paying attention to the surroundings. And it, it was a very cool way of dealing with some relatively like bigger themes and ideas in like the most condensed, quick and effective way, because you can just shut it all off and watch these incredible action sequences. Right. Speaking of things that I don't think we've ever seen in a movie before, like originality and why are we here and what are we doing goes so far beyond the script or the themes or the relatability of today and you get into things like the tech and the technology and how they're doing it as far back as like, oh, Orson Welles cut this hole and went down because the tripod didn't go mm-hmm. short. And now we get into this crazy Metal Gear Solid Legend of Zelda topographical shot where the camera comes over like it's an architect's photo and they're it's watching insane. John Wick. Yeah. It's like, who was playing Robotron? Some twin stick shooters the <laughs> night like, before. It's like the Smash TV just all of a sudden, what is happening? This is brilliant. Or was some up and down? It's 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 crazy. Some snarky PA on John Wick Three was like, "Yeah, yeah, the twelve people on the high table." You know, Metal Gear Solid did this in a video game on the PS2. This is just the Lalu Lile Lo and the Patriots, and they were like, yeah. "Fine, then we'll film then it like we'll, Metal Gear Solid, motherfucker." We'll do <laughs> don't don't tempt me with a good time. Here we go. And oh my god! 
That was um, one of the coolest things I've seen in years. And like, what was crazy is like they were going up and down. It was, wasn't just staying there. It was like, cool, I'm going to go around this corner, come back up. I was like, who? This is a brilliant shot. And then we add on at that point, they started adding in incendiary rounds with weapons. I was like, my mind is blown. Like, this is insanity. It it was the closest <laughs> thing to a non-video game adaptation, feeling like a video game that I'd seen in forever. Because yeah. the minute they shot those incendiary rounds. I went to Resident Evil and all these other games mm-hmm. and just a, a part of me wondered how we've never, how, like, how we're not we always this? putting incendiary rounds into movies like this. Right. How is this, this the is first insane. time we're seeing this? Yeah. It really, it reminded me of years and years ago when I was in film school, a friend of mine who was a DP was watching me play Splinter Cell and they opened with this big, long tracking crane crane. It's a CGI shot. And he's like, you know, they'll never be able to do this in movies. <laughs> I was like, you're incorrect. That is wrong. I even at the time was like, what are you talking about? One day we'll be able to do this in movies. Like the, right. a drone will exist one day. Like that's, right. it's, yeah. they'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just watching this was like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. I wonder what he's doing now. <laughs> yeah, no, that actually sequence was so brilliant that our, our audience clapped twice actually, because there's a pause in it. And they're like, well, wait, we're not done. Well, I'm going to give you another one because Jesus, this is insane. <laughs> a lot of a lot of good applaud moments. A lot of yeah. small callbacks to the first mm-hmm. movie. We saved the dog. The dog gets saved. Uh, yeah. And I was so worried about that dog when it's in I the streets. Oh was, my I, god, bro! When that dog was in the streets, like, oh my, I cannot see another dog die in this series. <laughs> like, no. Oh yeah, between that and the staircase and him just falling down those steps. That staircase I mean, the staircase sequence is brilliant because you, as an audience, I, anytime you put a time clock on anything. You as the audience are like, we got to get, we got to make it from point A to point B and all hell is breaking loose. And then you see those stairs and you as an audience are already like, oh my God, he went through so much and he has to get up the stairs. You're like, yes, he's made it to the top. And then he does it. <laughs> and not only does he go down, he goes all the way down. You're like, oh, this, and that's what you do as a writer. You're like, I'm going to make it so that it seems like whatever he's doing, he is about to fail. Like there's no way that he can get, get out of this. And then he and Donnie in get together and it is brilliant. It is a beautiful sequence to get back up there. And that's how you know. That's why, like, even though, yes, they are adversaries in this, there is still a lot of love between the two of them. And that's what makes that heartbeat at the end that their duel work so well. You you almost get the sense that there was a time way before the John Wick movies where this was a organized team this mm-hmm. whole underground continental thing was really working towards something and there's nothing to work towards anymore right like you you almost get the sense that it's just this like old organization that's like clinging so hard to something they accomplished decades ago and are now like I, I, we pissed off this old guy that we got. So I guess like call him back in because almost everyone you meet when we go to the Osaka Continental, there's so much like, please don't do this. You know, the rules. <laughs> we know, know each yeah. other. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Your family. And I know we're, we're bouncing all around in this movie, but well, even when we bring think, Winston in, there's so much. I was like, it helps that like. Both it seems like both Kane and Wick were kind of retired. They had gone on to their family life, and so now they're back in. So that's why this being, we'll talk about the the final final ending in a minute. But this feeling like what could be the finale of it all worked because you're like, ah, oh, these are two men who were done with this life, have been dragged back in, and this is the only way they can kind of get out of this is to sort of it's Yin versus Yang, if you will, like the two of them, the Kane versus Wick, and and it it comes off as a this beautiful piece of sort of like 
those old spaghetti westerns, but those old type of like mono mono, these two old legends relics from the past have to return back to fight one more day and it's versus each other. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, all three of the movies go back to that sort of world. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like the wandering Ronin and the soldier who comes through and just comes and does it and right. leaves, but they, you know, organized it. Yeah. And and I agree. You really get a you get a sense so much of this franchise has been like, I want out, leave me alone. And it's, you know, it's very is it Godfather three that's I they pulled me Dude, back exactly. in. Yeah. And yeah. it and it really does, I think, show you this weird like revolving door of revenge. Cause mm-hmm. we just keep seeing it with everyone else. Like when Winston suddenly is loses everything and just goes on like gotta go get john wick and put him back in and Lawrence fishburne is just out to get blood and Mm -hmm. everybody has this to the point where even in the osaka continental donnie and kill somebody and we you know kill bill three the situation right and the post credit scene and you're like oh this whole thing is just how about like it just doesn't it never, end. It's never ends. Because you're just going to hurt someone right. or kill someone. And then that person's and then that gonna person's want gonna this. grow up at some point in time and come back to try to get revenge. And uh I, I do love that piece because he, he even says, like, don't he's like, don't do that now because you know I will kill you. But then as she's leaving, he's like, I'll see you, I'll see you soon. Because he knows that she's going to eventually come back to, to extract revenge. It's beautiful. What I do love too, I know we talked about all of the Mr. Nobody is great and that he's slightly different because right now, because he's at the beginning, he's he's only doing this for money. Like he's play, he's toying with John Wick. He's like, no, I'm gonna let you stay alive. I'm gonna save you, make sure nobody else kills you because I want that bounty, but I'm gonna wait till we get that bounty up a little bit before we actually take you out. I think that's a cool little new person to add to this this mix of the other two who have been doing this for so long that they look at it a different way than he 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 does. And it's interesting because he goes into the Continental, so he's clearly been a part of this mm-hmm. world somehow. Right. But he's dressed more like the like unhoused people that are part of it. Mm-hmm. He's mostly using a shotgun and this dog. Yeah. We don't really see a lot of like CQC. He's doing a lot of like pulling the backpack over to block and <laughs> yeah. uh, like different ways. And so I couldn't tell if he was also on a like, I need to make a name for myself. Or if there was going to be like a dumb Hollywood twist of, well, you know, he's related to, to someone else that you yeah. know, and they're returning a favor that John Wick owes. For the longest because of the dogs, I thought he was connected to Hallie's character in, in Parabellum. I thought there was going to be some type of connection. Ter- terrible of me, like the black people always have to be connected. But yes, that is what I just thought that that was the case. Yeah, I was, well, because we also, you know, we, he'll Lance Red. Right. So part of me was like, oh, he's going to be connected to that character. Right. And this is going to be his. He's in there for this reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, you really get the sense that he's almost just juxtaposing uh, Skarsgård's character. And it's like he's in a different place of wanting to make the name. And if you kind of right. follow that theme that I'm now imposing on the movie of like, everyone's locked in the cycle and can't get out. It's like, is he going to be done once he makes this name, once he leaves this duel right. or is he now going to be like, well, now I got to, I got to do it again. Yeah. So, what have you done for me lately? I got to mm-hmm. do it again. Cause we do keep every time we talk about John wick, it's always, what did you have to do to get out? 
Right. What was such a big daunting thing and how many people, and we mm-hmm. always have this like myth about him. So you almost get the sense that he's like, Oh, I'm nobody. I'm building my myth. Yeah, I'm just he, going to come he's in. He's creating his Baba Yaga like story. Like he is, that's what he's doing right now. I want to be yeah. the person that shows up, waits for the bounty to get higher and then makes the right call. Cause mm-hmm. I, I liked that we have this weird distorted team towards the end of it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great. And yeah, it was a very good, you know, bigger spoilers sign off to John Wick. I think yeah. any type of, it felt very God of War to me. We really do a lot mm-hmm. of, this is how we get out. This is how it ends. You get so entrenched in it. Uh, and I do think that that goes along with the sentiment a lot of people feel today about every system that we have in the world of like, I don't, how do I get out of any of this? Right. How do I get out of any of this? You've, you everyone has had their hands stabbed and pulled out of them, whether it's a job or something else. We were just like, I don't know. I sold all of this away and now it never ends because every ending. Yeah. Because everybody in the continental has people pleasing problems and can't go. (laughs) I don't care that I gave you a marker. I'm retired now. Yeah. Like I'm (laughs) You should have used that before I had stopped. (laughs) Uh, There's our Toys R Us bucks. They expire. Yeah. But there's an expiration date on them. I mean, like everything except for last week's movie, this is now also a record high of $73.5 million. That's insane. (laughs) So between that, Scream, Creed. March has been a wild. March Madness, man. Yeah, it's been a wild time. Um, It's interesting for this series to, I mean, still be kicking on all cylinders. An R-rated movie being that high uh paramount is playing with house money already with scream and this there between i mean between Lionsgate, i'm sorry like we have a lot of big titles that are doing quite well already and you know how we always say like sequel fatigue or, or franchise fatigue not seen it shazam notwithstanding but i will uh, yeah and it's interesting because when we talked about shazam i think we made the point of like i'm not tired of this genre or these franchises i'm tired of this big, the stakes are so high, it doesn't matter, giant CGI. Right. And this movie does such a good job of A, having a lot of practical, tangible effects, but everyone slows down before there's action. And like we have, you know, the the vague John Wickian conversations the franchise is now mm-hmm. known for. We're never gonna, we don't know anything. We really don't know anything about these characters in no. so many ways, but we stop at the duel and they give their little back and forth one line to each other. And he comes out and we do the like, Oh, it was for vengeance for consequences. And he shoots him and you get everything that's going on. Yeah. I think it's also like we talk about how big Shazam got uh, for its finale. This one had big all the way through it. And then we get to the finale. It's actually very intimate and very small, which is a a kind of a cool way because all these films end on these big fight sequences. This is like, no, all that's done. We're having a, a, uh, emotional to emotional duel, which is a cool way to sort of end this all for, for Mr. Wade. With this guy who can't even fight his own fight and has to call in his buddy. And then at the <laughs> very end, when he thinks he has it, I mean, uh, it is just so... It's smart. Evacuate in our moment of triumph. <laughs> yeah, it's it, 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 they did such a good job of making that guy like so like this unhinged villain, but he's such a fucking loser. He's a loser. 
There must have been three times I looked at me in the theater and I was like, this dude sucks. <laughs> He's a loser. Can't even <laughs> fight his fight. Mm-hmm. Can't even like talk to anyone. Like, what a just he's a He's child. trying to call in. He's a big kid that has a lot of toys to play with. And he got his job. So now he's he's doing throwing his phone about. around. Mm-hmm. Can't get nobody the pricey ones. Is try he can't wrangle anyone no. in in no. this awesome, weird DJ chase. That was my <laughs> that was like my hint of John Wick 3, where I was like, oh what? Everybody in this just listens to this station every night. This is the oh. this is the secret DJ channel that Donnie Yen, and Keanu Reeves, and everybody's I, tuned in. I'm with you. I was starting to get there. The only reason why I say because the rest of the traffic was still going. I was like, okay, cool. So there are regular people in this world who are not listening to this channel. Because otherwise, what what kind what of did, live? Does she have ad revenue? Channel? Does she right. have to throw it to somebody? Does, right. does she get random call-ins that aren't assassins? Or like, I want to hear Matchbox 20. And she's like, oh, sorry, assassins. I am still a radio station and I must acquiesce. Like those were the how much small. Dead, how much dead air is there? Are they always just on that network all the time? Like, yeah, it's like how many coming back soon? I think because because it, it's like I said, there nobody has a goal. Right. There are, we don't ever like. There's other names on like the Deadpool boards, like a John Wick's going up, but like I have zero context if these are terrorists, are they political active? threats? Right, like are you villains? always looking for something? Right. Like, do our, you actually have a goal? Like, are you assassins to go take someone out, or are you just waiting until? somebody in your team has to get killed. And that's why it feels like there used to be that because yeah. everyone knows each other so well. And I was like, Oh, clearly there was a time where like, this was almost a strike force of assassins. Right. And it was John wick and this Pain. guy and this guy and this guy yeah. are all going to take out five different people that are part of this. They're going to do it quietly. And it just grew and grew and grew. And then they had not then They were just running. Like, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like if that's what the show was, I would love to watch well, an organization I mean, get I'm too actually powerful. Curious because the Continental is all a prequel series, which should be like how that first how Winston's Continental was built up. Um, so I'm curious now to sort of see maybe we'll see the start of that. Maybe we'll we will see them on like those special missions because that is that's what I'm interested in this world. And I'm also I even said this to you when we were at the theater. I think this world can still survive without Don Wick. I think it's important enough to still play in this world. We're getting Anna de Armas's ballerina. Like I think this world is still fascinating fascinating enough to play in. It's just Keanu's like, I'm 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 too old for this. So I mean, I think there I think it's good to know when to get out. Yeah. I uh, I don't know that he has said anything about himself being done, no. but like even if it wasn't his choice, if it was the writer, the director, the creators, the studios, his end on the high note, like I, I would say, go out with a high. Yeah. So many of these franchises go on so long, and you know, Green Goblin was right in Spider Man One. What we really want to see is a hero fall and die trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is something rewarding about an ending. Even if it's a sad ending like this, there's something about it's very cathartic. Like, oh, we're done. We're right. We're I've done. I've seen this. I've seen the beginning, middle, and end of this. Cool. And anything you do, if you bring them back, is going to cheapen this moment. Mm-hmm. If I open five or the trailer for five is like some stupid heartbeat that then goes up in the shape of a five, and it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they brought him somewhere and like, brought no. him back for yeah. one more mission. Yeah. Like, no, we're not, we don't need to do any of that nonsense. No, there I are like so closure. many talented people in this. Yeah. Just branch off. I'll watch the Donnie Yen versions of it forever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just keep, 
keep making this type of movie. We don't get right. a lot of these type of action movies anymore, and they're fantastic. They are. And I believe that that is our show, everyone. So thank you so much for listening and watching. You can, of course, leave us a review and a comment and let us know what you think on YouTube or iTunes, wherever the show is. And you can follow me at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. The show is at Hollywood ADI on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, I believe. And we will see everybody next week for Dungeons & Dragons. Later.